Good afternoon. Welcome to the Final Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at today. We, of course, saw some mixed numbers on the grain trade. Livestock cattle went crazy. We'll talk, talk more about that coming up. We have a USDA report out tomorrow. Ethanol issues do continue. We know the announcement coming from Poet earlier this week with plants. So what is the current state of the ethanol? What are the numbers that came out today mean? And then, of course, Mother Nature. We can't seem to give up the fight. The divorce isn't happened yet between old man winter and uh, springtime. So we'll talk more about that. Lots to look at as Arlen Suderman joins us today from FC Stone. And Arlen, I think we got to talk about ethanol first. It's kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to this grain complex. Yeah, it's getting pretty ugly right now. We got the latest numbers out showing that uh, ethanol production in the week ending April 3rd, the latest data that's available, we're down 62% from where we were just five weeks ago. Excuse me, are at 62%, so down 38% from where we were five weeks ago, and it's continuing to drop. That's largely because we're seeing a sharp drop in, uh, in gasoline consumption as people stay at home trying to stop the spread of coronavirus under the stay-at-home orders we have across this country. Uh, and that, that's continuing. We don't know how long that's going to continue. We see some encouraging signs that the United States as a whole may be getting within days of peaking. Uh, and then you have the process and you have to get beyond that, get the numbers down, and then people slowly start going back to work again, and you start recovering some of that. Um, but as long as gasoline is backing up, we're hearing and seeing in the industry um, that refiners and here's the ironic thing about it is agriculture is gearing up for spring planting. We're absorbing a lot of diesel out of the system. Uh, truck demand is very strong right now to haul things around without air freight we're seeing right now because planes are being grounded without people traveling. That means a lot more freight that was on air is having to go by truck. So truck freight is in high demand. Trucks run on diesel. So overall diesel demand is really high right now. So refiners are trying to refine as much crude oil as they can to meet that diesel demand, but they're running out of places to put gasoline. And so we're seeing some gasoline trade on the cash market in volumes as low as $0.08 per gallon. Well, gasoline's $0.08 per gallon, and we're seeing ethanol trade at almost $0.90 per gallon. Uh, There's the mandated level of blending at 10%, but there's no demand beyond that. And it's not just in this country. It's in some of our export customers as well. So our export demand is down as well. And so mandated ethanol demand is falling with gasoline consumption falling. Uh, And in fact, I said ethanol production is down 38%. Gasoline demand and therefore ethanol demand is actually down more than that as we're filling up the last of the spaces for, for storage of ethanol right now. With the excess production, ethanol storage is now at a 57 day supply in last week's data. So plants are shutting down as they lose room, any place to store the excess uh, ethanol. Plants are shutting down. That's reducing our projections for the current year. Right now we're estimating that for the current marketing year, even if we start ratcheting production back up this summer as people start driving again, and that's an assumption at this point, that we will see ethanol usage for uh, corn demand down about 670 million bushels. A little of that will come back as increased corn feed usage, 
because of the lack of distillers grains to feed so we'll offset that partially um, but overall we are still seeing that drop in demand that has to be made up from somewhere else well you, you talk about and i mean we saw valero uh last week poet this week is this going to be a continued trend where more and more ethanol plants are shutting down or idling yeah, for I think it's still going to get worse before it gets better because right now we're just filling up all the storage everywhere. And uh, so it's going to take time to start bringing the cars back. And as we run out of storage space, we're going to have to shut down more plants across America. So I don't think we've seen the bottom yet in the ethanol industry. And then the question will be, how quickly can it come back? And um, that we really won't know until we see the bottom. What are we seeing when it comes to the colder temperatures of next week, and how is that going to affect the wheat market? Yeah, we're seeing a dramatic pattern change starting today. I know here in Kansas City where I'm at, uh, over the noon hour I checked, and it was 86 degrees. Uh, and the cold front's supposed to start coming through this afternoon and dropping temperatures down to much of the next two weeks we're going to be spending in the 40s and 50s for highs, daytime highs. There are some models that are projecting dropping temperatures down into the teens or lower um, in parts of Nebraska and the northwestern Kansas and eastern Colorado. So we're really concerned about the wheat crop. And then the cold, the cold continues to flow on down the Red River Valley in Oklahoma and northern Texas. So, and obviously the wheat down in uh, southwest Oklahoma is much further along than what is the wheat in Nebraska, but the temperatures will start moderating as they go south as well. So all that distance down, it looks like temperatures are going to be very borderline relative to the stage of development of wheat. Uh, today's models warmed up just a bit, um, but that fluctuates from day to day. We're going to have to watch that closely. And and that helped put a little bit of a risk premium in the hard red winter wheat uh, price today on the futures, taking back some of yesterday's losses. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening in South America. There, weather-wise, what are we seeing for crop harvested numbers? As we know, planting progress and, and work is underway here in the States. And, of course, we'll look at what's happening on the livestock side. You can't miss a continued day of higher numbers on the cattle. More is coming up. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to discuss as we head into part two with Arlen Suderman from FC Stone. Let's look at South America quickly, Arlen. Um, what's their weather doing right now and how is that affecting the harvest that's underway? Well, we're kind of drying out in Argentina, but let it be said that their soils are pretty saturated right now, so they can ride this out, and the drier weather is actually helping them with the early part of harvest. And that harvest kind of goes all the way through the next several months. It's very extended, so they have time, but um, good moisture for the crops that are still developing. Uh, in Brazil, it's a different story. The Safrina corn crop is pretty much a story now. Soybean harvest is starting to wrap up, and uh, as I think I indicated last week, we're seeing the soybean production estimates falling. USDA is at 126 million metric tons, and we've dropped it down to 120 million metric tons. I doubt USDA will go that far tomorrow, 
but I do think they'll probably come closer to 123 and then eventually down toward 120. On the corn production estimate, our team down in Brazil, they update their estimates on the first of the month every month, and, and their estimate is uh, basically 100 million metric tons, very close to where the USDA is um, to this point. But since then, things have, we've started seeing the crops stress start to show up. Now, the Safrina Corn Belt, now, their second crop corn uh, stretches over quite an area. Um, Nato Grasso is the biggest area, and that's 1.3 times the size of Texas Nato Grasso is. And then the Nato Grasso, the Sola, and Paraná, um, those areas. Um, but as you get further south in Brazil, that area's been drier. And the northern area, Nato Grasso, has had good moisture. But if you look at the Safrina Belt as a whole, Rainfall over the last 30 days has been the lowest of any time in the last 40 years for that 30-day period. In other words, that's how dry it's been in southern part of the belt. Northern area is getting rain, but the south has been so dry that it pulled the region as a whole down to to the driest period, driest of the last 40 years for that period, last 30 days. So they got a timely rain here about two days ago to buy them some more time. The question is, can they continue to get those timely rains? I talked to one of our brokers down there about two days ago, and he says they they believe now that the, the total production estimate is probably closer to 95 to 96 million metric tons. If we get timely rains, it can hold at that level, probably not get better. Um, but if the rains don't come, the soils are not very forgiving there, and they expect that production estimate to fall off sharply. So that directly impacts our exports of corn in the last half of the year. That's something we need to keep an eye on. Interesting information that you brought uh, to light during the commercial break about restaurant numbers that are out. Things are not pretty, but it definitely is going to have an effect on what we see in this livestock market. Yeah, I was looking at some of the credit card data today. Um, coming from charges to restaurants, it's been summarized. And basically what it showed was that restaurant um, revenues or charges, I should say, credit card charges to restaurants, meaning business done at restaurants, looks like it's starting to stabilize now. And for restaurants as a whole, it's stabilizing down about 73% year on year. So that's a huge drop in food service demand for especially meat products, but also a number of other products as well. Full-service restaurants, you sit-down restaurants, down about 81% for those who are unable to adjust to kind of a takeout style uh, business. The, those restaurants that are more fast, casual, uh, takeout delivery, a drive-up type, they're down 47%. So that directly feeds into a drop in demand for meat which overall we've been seeing data that would suggest that food service demand for meat was down 50 to 70%. Looking at the cattle market, two days a positive. Can we make it a third day? Boy, uh, <laughs> we did see some cash cattle trade at 105. The online exchange at 105, that's quite a bit above where the board is trading. So we did see um, the rally in cattle futures today led by the nearby contract. The rally in the deferreds wasn't quite as strong as we're still concerned about longer-term data, um, about how this demand is going to hold up, because people tend to eat less meat when they eat at home. Smaller portions, less wastage, because they save their leftovers versus sending it back to the kitchen. 
Um, but overall, it was good news in the cattle market once again. But it's a wild ride in this market because the industry is trying to figure it out. Also dealing with the uh, work shortages, absenteeism and employees who have coronavirus or are afraid of getting it, some plant closure. So it's a very mixed up world and everyone's trying to figure it out right now. All right, Arlen, what's the best way for folks to reach you? intlfcstone.com or on Twitter. Uh, my handle is ArlenFF101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity features and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, on Spotify as well, and wherever you subscribe to your free podcast. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.